Lonely TARDIS, your journey through Time Lords and space, where three, maybe two Time Lords, nope, not Time Lords, companions. Yes, it's an evening, and I'm still recovering from this cold, and I've got some alcohol in me. Two companions come together this week. We're missing our third, and you'll find out who that third is in a second, because more importantly, I'm Dolly Demosky, and the amazing companion that I'm joining today is Marcus Spear. What? I, I don't know where any of that went. I'm so sorry. I have no idea what's going on. I mean, all I know is that I'm depressingly sober. <laughs> yeah, I've ha- I have some uh, Canadian whiskey in me, so... That's I might have to. I might have to just in Canada. yeah, re- rectify that uh, on principle because it sounds uh, it sounds like you know I can't have you are drunk talk me, Dali. I mean you know <laughs> have oh, that may happen on this week's episode, plural, as we talk Doctor Who. Um, Sean is out. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to be recording two episodes this week back to back, which went off really well. The last time we did it, we had kind of three episodes in a row, and people really dug that. So we had to do two. This week, unfortunately, Sean is in the UK. I mean, come on, Sean. Uh, and then we're actually going to be losing you next week for next. Uh, week. And because, then I'm gone the week after that. So, well, I'm going to the UK tomorrow. Yes, um, I, uh, I'm actually in the middle of uh, uh, you know, taking a break from packing. Oh, wow. um, but yes, I am going back to the homeland for the first time in five years. Excellent, um, amazing, amazing. And where are you going? I am going to be going to the Caribbean for the first time in. Uh, Three years? Three, two years. Fantastic. Yeah. So basically me and Sean are going somewhere where the weather's absolutely disgusting, (laughs) and you are going to be rocking it in the Caribbean. Yeah, but I will be thinking of all of you. If you if you do, you're a sad man. <laughs> you know the the sad part is that uh, I don't think I'll be able to watch Doctor Who on the boat, and that may be the finale. Um, let's see. Next week is uh, or this coming weekend is haunting. Then, yeah, I may be missing Ascension of the Cybermen, and yeah, I'm gonna be missing the finale. I'll have to watch them both when I get back. So, is the the two part finale this weekend, or is that is that next week? I think it begins next week. Yeah. It's very tricky. Quite tricky. And then there's actually a another episode, but they haven't announced when that's going to air. There's like a, a mystery 11 episode, but who knows when that is. Um, maybe that's going to be this year's... I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe a spring episode, a, a summer, who knows. Anyways, that it's doesn't like matter. tells us it was all a dream. Yes. The future is the future. Let's talk about right now, which actually sends us into the future. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk this week or this episode, I should say, about the Doctor Who episode, Series 12, Episode 6, Praxius. I'm going to read the summary real quick, and then we'll knock uh, knock 20 minutes or so out talking about this wonderful app. The Doctor and her companions investigate a bacterium that covers human bodies in a crystalline substance, blah, 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 blah. Uh, basically, they're, they go around the planet. There's people dying mysteriously and animals dying mysteriously of this, this weird substance. Um, there's an astronaut involved. They all come together and find out that, uh, you know, uh, something's really weird. And apparently there's, uh, you know, they, they find this sort of secret test lab that, that has been taking place. They travel to um, where Yaz lo- was located because they kind of all split up. Uh, and they find uh, under the Indian Ocean uh, garbage patch, um, there's Suki, who's one of the, one of the characters. Um, and then, yeah, it's basically... It, it's hard to explain because um, it's an eco episode. Let's talk about eco problems and the environment. And so 
Yeah, that's essentially it. They find out that it's just an alien uh, disease type of thing. I mean, even though I just watched it a couple days ago, I'm still having problems remembering it. Maybe that's a case for uh, describing my thoughts about this episode. Anyways, the Doctor saves the day. A couple of the characters are husbands, and then there's Gabriella, who's this traveler, and then they kind of send everybody off to travel together, and that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it garbage. was um, after after the highs of the previous episode where we were all quite, oh, this is Doctor Who we can get behind. Look, there's a new lady doctor, and oh, isn't that hard? It's cool, and oh, what's going on? <laughs> and uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, we return to the Sermon of Chibnall. Mm-hmm. We will preach to thee about eco-terrorists and eco-warriors you know, warriors and like we know it's all a good cause, it's true. Um, you know, the microplastics thing is an issue. We're we're more plastic than than human right now. Um, we know that there, that it is an ongoing problem. Uh, and I gotta say, this one did not feel as preachy to me mm. as the other episode um where oh look, it's Earth in in what is turns out to be the worst. Earth in fifty five, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. It's Earth. I'm surprised. How could he have got away with that? That's so sneaky. Um, yeah, I thought this one was a little more um, chill. And yeah. chill is good. Um, I, which, the the way it was, uh, it didn't sort of like, you know, it just didn't ram everything down the proverbial throats. Um, I do think that... Um, I mean, it was still sort of social issue heavy, but not like really in your face heavy i guess yeah it wasn't i mean it, that's the best way to put it it wasn't in your face heavy um it was certainly you know look it's a it's a valid thing and i gotta say i, I did spend some time thinking about it in that it might actually be um considering the audience that we're that we are now dealing with for doctor who um the audience is a lot um younger um, and if this is a way to reach that said audience, that's not a bad thing. I mean, you know, we all learn through TV. And honestly, if uh, this one, which was, like I said, a little more subtle and, and contains some really interesting information, um, gets people thinking more about the sol- you know, the solutions that are needed to the pollution problem uh, and that these huge garbage islands are practically garbage countries, they do exist around the world. Um, and they are destroying the environment. So, I think this one was actually a well uh, better handled than the last one, than the last one. Um, that being said, it wasn't the greatest Doctor Who episode. I do like to you know to do the learning thing if it's you know wrapped up in a good episode. But it was certainly better than um, the, the some of the previous efforts from the lecture train. So yeah, um, wow. I, mean, I, I, I am actually. I, I'm. I'm a little taken. I'm a little taken aback. Uh, maybe because you are sober right now. Um, but uh, I would have thought that you know. So this is okay. It, it was. I'm, it I'm was mild. Back it was. I, we we have as a team. We've had as companions. We've had issues with some of the more preachy episodes. This granted, absolutely. like I mentioned, it wasn't as preachy. I do, and I still have issues with the preachy episodes. Mm-hmm. I really do. The preachy episodes, the really preachy ones can kiss my grits. Yeah. Um, I just felt that this one wasn't super preachy. Um, or if it was, it was just disguised in a slightly better way. Uh, 
and you know that that's you can't really go wrong with with that. If you know if they're going to do it, do it, you know do it properly. Don't bore, bore us and don't make us feel like we're being lectured. Um, and I thought you know that one actually did so well done. I don't know if that was the influence of the other writer who wasn't Chris Chibnall. Yeah, uh, it was so, uh, Charlene James. I'm yeah, sorry, no, it was uh, Peter McTeague. Sorry, Peter McTeague. Well, whoever it was, they uh, maybe they had uh, a, a calming effect uh, because it didn't feel like a Chibnall written episode. It um, it didn't, and and I think if it was uh, fully Chibnall, you would have seen much more heavy-handed, uh, you know. Uh, narrative built in there. I will say, um, so I didn't love this episode. I thought it was fine. It was an okay episode to me. It was, it wasn't memorable, but it, for, for me, that it's almost a positive in that it wasn't memorable for anything bad. It wasn't memorable for, memorable for anything great, suck. but it wasn't, yeah. it didn't suck. Um, and we can, which is kind of a weird low bar to, for, for, for Chibnall's work. But, uh, um, I thought the idea was kind of interesting with sort of the, the virus, the praxeus virus, the disease, whatever, the bacterium, and uh, how, you know, it was, I had a discussion with coworkers today about a lot of the eco films that are out there, and I just saw um, one of my favorite was a, a Academy nominated, but lost, Honeyland, I suggest everybody go check out Honeyland, it's a wonderful film um, about honeybees and all that kind of stuff. Uh, taken in my the uh, the motherland that I'm from Macedonia, but um, the uh, there's a lot of eco movies out there, and everything that you kind of see, sort of environment and eco related, is very negative, right? It's all it's the end of the world, everything's falling apart. And we saw that earlier with Orphan Orphan Fifty Five, and this, although it sort of deals with some eco disaster, plastic um, bioterrorism type of stuff. Had a little bit, weirdly, a little bit more of a positive spin to it because of Suki, who is we come to find out is from an alien race, and her race was decimated by this by the Praxeus uh, bacterium, and so she came to Earth to see if she could find a way in that lab to find a way to, uh, you know, uh, come up with a cure. And it, it, the doctor finds a cure for humans, but doesn't find the cure for for Suki's race, and it, it's sort of. Comes off weirdly a little more positive uh, about the whole kind of eco disaster thing. Again, it was I want to, I don't want to say ramp you know pushed down our throats or anything, but the eco tone is is definitely there. I did prefer this one way more over Orphan Fifty Five, that's for sure, because it was a little bit more unique. Orphan Fifty Five was just it's been done a million times over. This actually felt sort of fresh from a Doctor Who standpoint. Yeah, yeah. I mean the. the, the, the Orphan 55 was predictable. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, oh, look, we've all devolved into rage monsters because we've poisoned the earth. This one had Which... a couple of interesting twists to it. Yeah, the birds, right? The birds are actually kind of Alfred Hitchcock, you know, feel to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the birds were, I mean, it was kind of confusing to me. And, you know, I may, I, may, I may have missed something, but it seemed like the birds um, that were, you know, it was quite scary to see those things. Yeah. Uh, reminded me, yeah, as you said, of the birds or some of the better scenes from the Resident Evil games. Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, the crows eat stuff. Um, but it just didn't seem, I didn't seem to get the point of the birds if they'd just been infected and were attacking everything. Why was it when the humans were infected, they weren't attacking it? Yeah. Hmm. The, uh, um, we know crows are aggressive by nature. They're territorial and they've got long memories. Um, but yeah, that was just the only thing for me that was like, oh, Okay. I think what, um, what what this episode did 
um, well, I guess, is focusing on the companion sort of individually as a, as, a, as opposed to just being throwaway characters. They all had sort of different roles to play, especially Yaz. Like, this is maybe the first time I ever felt like Yaz actually had something kind of interesting. And we'll get into it, you know, when we record the next episode. Can you hear me? But this is the first time that I actually felt like, okay, Yaz has sort of a purpose here because out of, you know, Ryan and Graham are related. Uh, you know, and so there's there's that bond that they they know each other. They've you know they, there is there's a connection there. The doctor is the doctor, but Yaz has sort of been alone the entire series, and she hasn't had any time to develop. We've talked about this in previous episodes. She's kind of been like a throwaway character. I hate to say it that way. This episode, she actually kind of took initiative about something, and I found that sort of compelling because, as we've spoken in the past, she is a cop. And she should be the first one running into the quote-unquote bullets to rescue people. And this is really well, I mean, the first time you actually see her death. Yeah, she's a probationary cop. Yeah, I'm sorry. But yes, I, get, I totally get where you're coming from. You're right. No, it, 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 it's – Yas seems to have come into her own a little more recently, which mm-hmm. uh, is obviously a, a great thing for that, you know, for the, for that particular actress because she's been yeah. woefully underserved. Um, and, look, I think this is something – that we have discussed, I know it's something we've discussed ad nauseum, ad infinitum. The TARDIS be too crowded. The um, companions only work when they're split up. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you. you know whether they're split up with the Doctor or they're in a you know uh, in a, a, a you know they're paired off or whatever. That's the only time they really um, work because it's just too cluttered. Yeah, but, I agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, if uh, if you know, if we're looking at losing um, the t- you know Tosin Cole uh, to this new um, American series, he's been cast in. Um, having having her step up is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just don't go loading it with any more bloody <laughs> companions. Yeah, I agree. So Praxius, um, I think it's a you know interesting start to sort of this tail end of, of Doctor Who. I mean, it was her way of, <clears throat> her and the Doctor, it was uh, Chris Chibnall's way of of kind of getting past Fugitive of the Jadun, right? The, the Fugitive yeah. of the Jadun, because that had such a game-changing things into it that we needed to sort of reset ourselves a little bit. Um, and so yeah. this was, this was uh-huh. I mean, you know, Chibnall's not a, not usually a two-parter style, uh, di- you know, director and producer, so he he wasn't the overall big giant um, story arc guy that Russell T Davies was, but I think he pulled us back a little bit and gave gave sort of an interesting episode. Again, this episode can fall anywhere in the entire spectrum of the last two seasons, and you it wouldn't be out of place because it has no doesn't feel like it belongs anywhere. So if um, yeah, I guess if there's ever an episode that doesn't really have a ton of meaning, it might be this one to me, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it's the blowing up the moon one. Yeah, oh god, yeah. You know, um it's I mean and look, look this is a problem. I know we're talking about time travel, going back and forth in time, blah 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 blah. But it would have been great to follow up Fugitive of the Janoon with boom another hit and boom another hit and really finish strong. I mean yeah. it does concern me that you know, Chibnall doesn't have, and, and his writing team perhaps don't have the creative wherewithal to see a four or five episode arc go through. Um, 
I mean, you know, you remember when Matt Smith was heading off to Trenzalore and he was revisiting, you know, he revisited right, uh, right. the Lodger and a couple of other things. It was building, it was building. Fugitive of the Jadun should have been the start of a four-episode build-up with, you know, it could have been, the, you know, it, it could be the same stories. It could have could been, be. could you be, know, yeah, this practice story again, but with just a little something in it. And next week, a little something in it before we're into that two-part finale. But it just, I mean, and this is something that unfortunately Moffat was also guilty of. I mean, obviously when, you know, we were building up the Matt Smith's finale, there was a little more gravitas towards it. But we were so used to getting, oh, something big is coming. But in the meantime, let's go off to this planet made of kebabs. <laughs> Ooh. And we'll just spend a whole episode, uh, you know, on the kebab planet. And that to me is like... Not that that's ever a bad thing, because oh, mm, I just feel like... Oh, I am going to have... You're going to have so many good ones next week. When I'm in the, when I'm in the UK. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, this guy, I'm going to be... Uh, it's going to be Planet of the Kebabs. Um, but we digress. But yes, it would just be nice to, to build it up, give it a bit of gravitas, push it through, push it through. Uh, or just, you know, just have that reference that... I mean, shit, the Master's been back since episode two, or right. at the end of episode one of this series... And um, Gallifrey's blown up or destroyed by his hand, apparently. We've barely seen any reference to it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's no, there's no, there's no, um, there's no continuity. And it would be nice to have some of that continuity. Well, let's hope that, uh, I hate to say let's hope, but there's still a surprisingly big chunk of Doctor Who left. So we'll, we'll get to more of that as we speak to the next episode. Uh, can you hear me? But for now, out of um, – actually, you know what? Let me read – I'm going to read Sean's comments because Sean did leave a few – let me close that up. Oh, it was Sean so nice of him to, to just, you know, find, uh, find some comments to leave while he's off swarming around. <laughs> while he's off having a, having a wonderful time working, supposedly. So <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, Sean said – uh, like he had just a, a horrific uh, travel experience. But anyways, he said he had to remember the episode. He says, hard to remember the episode. I think it was okay. I'm pretty invested in environmental topics, so I give it slightly more of a pass than usual. But it was another example of everything being too on the nose and over-explained with the dialogue and interactions. Props to Yaz for being suicidal and the doctor just being like, running into danger and certain death while I could easily get the thing with the TARDIS? Cool. See you in an hour if you don't die. And ripped to the guy who died by bird attack, and no one ever cared about or asked about again. That is, yeah. I I will say that the doctor, this doctor, this season doesn't care if people die. She's she's strangely she continues to be this sort of hands off doctor that we saw last season, right? It's she's let things sort of happen around me, very sparingly interject and only interject on the spacey stuff and not the um, you know. Uh, the other things so yeah there's there's sean's thoughts i mean again, again sean like you and i sean is very big into the environmental stuff and helping you know save our planet and so um i don't for me it wasn't a, necessarily a pass i just think it wasn't yeah it was on it was on the nose but it wasn't punching me in the nose and i kind of i'm okay with that so out of um yeah. out of plastic and a dead plastic infested birds out of five dead plastic infested birds how many do you give this episode uh, a very um, inoffensive two and a half. Look, you know what? I'm I was gonna go with the exact same number, two and a half, right in the middle. 
not yeah. um it didn't it's, hurt me you know, and it was it was it was a fine it was an okay episode i guess it, it served its purpose yeah yeah it's like uh i don't know it, it's 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 like a, getting getting a meal from a, from a food court at the mall. <laughs> exactly. It's not it's not going to touch the culinary the culinary heights, but if it's a good enough food mall, so it's not the trash mall, um, it's not going to kill you either. Yeah, it'll 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 fill you up, I guess. Yeah, it serves its purpose. Serves its purpose. Okay, with that, you can find me at Dolly Demoski. You can find us at Lonely Tardis. Sean is at Sean Norton. LonelyTardis.com. Where can we find you, Marcus? You can find me at Annoy Gamer, and you can find me back in the UK. Excellent. And we'll see you all in the next episode of Lonely Tardis, where we'll be discussing Can You Hear Me? And I do ask that. Hey? Can you hear me? What? Hey?